0: I'm just about that
1: action, boss.
0: Well, you have
1: to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it, again.
0: in a couple of minutes but this is the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's a Monday recap episode of which we haven't had in a couple of weeks. Hence me pushing the wrong button. <laughs> I'm Rod Villagomez, He is Ryan McIntyre and we are wrapping it up for the NFL season, the 2022 season in the books. All hail the Kansas City Chiefs. Your Super Bowl champions, your NFL champions in Ryan what I believe to be one that ESPN will play uh for years to come. This was about as good of a Super Bowl as we've seen in a very very long time and I for one am very happy to have witnessed it.
1: No doubt, that was a fantastic Super Bowl. Kansas City rallies from double digits down how good is Patrick Mahomes? That's all I could say, man. Guy's unreal. Andy Reid's unreal. That organization's unreal. Hats off to the Chiefs. Uh, congrats, although I'm not the biggest Eagles fan, as everybody knows, from this season following the NFL Gambling Podcast. Great year for them as well. I know they came up short. Eagles fans are disappointed, especially our boss. But, I mean, you go 16-4 and four, over 20 games, that's pretty damn good. So, overall, good Super Bowl.
0: You cannot complain. I mean, obviously, as a Niners fan, I know what it's like to get to the summit and, and lose. Um, I've watched them do it twice. I, of course, you know, the 80s spoiled the hell out of me. The early 90s spoiled the hell out of me. And then, you know, I had to suffer through the 2000s. And then all of a sudden feel like we were good again in the early 2010s. And now it's like, you know, we're good again. But yet we still haven't reached that absolute threshold. At least the Eagles have one within the last, what, few years here so 5 years yeah, yeah so they they can't complain too much but yes how good is mahomes this dude is already writing his own legendary chapter and he's barely even in been in the league man i mean this is the thing about transcendent talents that we've seen you know those runs and ge- once in a generation talents the i guess if you want to say joe montana's because of course you know i was alive in that era and i did watch joe montana play the hell out of some ball um, Tom Brady's obviously of the world. this is what we're watching. We're watching Mahomes do things that both of those quarterbacks and, and several players before them that aren't even quarterbacks have done. And it, I mean, when you when you look at the way he plays, right? I mean there's this this way that he approaches the game that very few players do nowadays. I feel like he's just effortless and and really just doesn't overthink things. Like he's playing as if he knows what he's doing every second of every snap of every down. And that even if it's a broken play, like he knew what he meant to do. It just didn't happen that way. You know?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like Tom, as great as Tom Brady is, and I don't think Mahomes will ever catch Brady. I'm not here to compare Brady and Mahomes, but no quarterback has gone on a five-year stretch run that Patrick Mahomes has gone on these last five years. The guy is unreal. And he, he makes it look easy, kind of like Brady used to do. Like, I never thought they were out of the game. I knew they were down 10. He got injured. But I knew he's going to come back. He's on a different level. And it, it honestly was comical um, looking back on some of the preseason hot takes that Josh Allen and Joe Burrow were in the same class as this guy. And, you know, those guys are great. They're great quarterbacks. But Patrick Mahomes is in a whole different – stratosphere from those guys this guy this guy is as elite a quarterback as we've ever seen and a combination of being with Andy Reid on top of it with his elite uh creativity I mean you saw it with those two uh misdirection plays in motion unbelievable uh scheming coaching scouting from Kansas City so yeah I'm with you man
0: I mean two of his three touchdown passes were to wide open receivers I don't care about any bad call. I don't care about any controversial penalty or anything down the stretch. Those two plays had nothing to do with a penalty call or anything to that effect. That was just piss poor coverage and a blown opportunity for the Eagles to stop the Chiefs in the red zone. So you can look back at all of the missed plays, all the misholding, all of the wrong holding calls, but when you boil it down, those two touchdown passes had nothing to do with any of that. And that was all the Chiefs executing what was in the play call and and doing it to perfection, right? I mean, to the point where they had zero anybody covering them into the end zone. And and you just don't do that as an NFL defense, right? I mean, this is these are the guys that said that, you know, oh, well, we kept your offense uh, to the Niners. Oh, we kept your offense off the board, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, that's fine, but you can't do it to the Chiefs. Like, you, you kept yeah. our third-string quarterback off the board, kudos to you, you know, you're not going to keep Patrick Mahomes off the board like that.
1: I agree with you, Rod. And like the Eagles fans, I I get, I'm with you that it was a shit call. I like in terms of decide the game, I get it, but you didn't get a stop the whole second half. So I really, it kind of just goes in one ear out the other, get a damn stop. So, uh, game didn't come down to that completely. I know it happened at a pivotal point, but I mean, it it technically, by the rule book, was holding, so they technically got it right, but I hate seeing the game get decided that way. But bottom line, man, you got to get a stop, get off the field on third down. You don't do so, you don't deserve to win the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and and look, you talk about not getting stops. I know there are many, many folks that were expecting this to be more of a defensive struggle than it really was, Uh, but, I mean, I I had the score at 34-31. The Chiefs on top wasn't necessarily all that far off, but, you know, here's the thing. For me, I knew that both of these offenses are very difficult to contain, right? And it's just not—it it doesn't matter how good your defense is, and they proved it all season long. doesn't matter what kind of defense they were going up against, they were scoring, whether it was the Eagles, whether it was the Chiefs. It didn't matter who they were going up against. They were putting points on the board. So, it, it, you know, I get it. I get it that both defenses had their strengths, and, the, and Philly was a, a really stout defense in the playoffs, but it almost doesn't matter at that point, right? I mean, it just, it, you knew, and this, to me, had a feel that these guys were going to be scoring points, and they were going to be scoring points in bunches, and, and that's what it ultimately came down to, 38-35, the final. It just, you know, it, it was so, so crazy to see these guys just flying up and down the field the way they were um, and, and just knowing that, you know, these are, these are the most talented offenses that you have in the highest scoring offenses in the league. Hard to hold these guys down.
1: No doubt, and, and you combine the good coaching and with the way the rules are structured. Hard to play defense nowadays, but hey, you know what? Everybody's got the same uh, rules, uh, limitations, so you got to find a way to get off the field on third down.
0: I do love uh, Justin talking about Hertz's first Eagles TD, Kelsey first Chiefs TD. Absolutely, I loved that yep. prop, by the way. That, that Kelsey first uh, Chiefs TD prop, that was money in the bank, my friends.
1: No doubt. That was mine, and uh, J-Mark was on Jalen Hurts' first uh, touchdown for the Eagles. So we swept the board in our preview last Wednesday. So it was a good Super Bowl for me, betting-wise, because I uh, I had a lot of money on the Chiefs' money line. So it was a little bit of a sweat. So, hey, when in doubt, if you're going to get Patrick Mahomes as a dog and Andy Reid in a revenge game, all in one, it's an autoplay for me. I'm not overthinking it. Hey, I know Philly's got a great offensive line, great D-line. But hey, man, you got to take that uh, Patrick Mahomes eight one and one ATS as a dog trend every day of the week.
0: Oh, for sure, and and really honestly, when you look back at it too, the the, the fact that Kansas City ha- was down almost feels to me as if it was like, well, this is where the script go. I know everybody's talking about scripts, but I don't mean that oh, as like God, a yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not meaning this as a as a I'm Hollywood writer script. I'm just talking about. As we've watched sports before, as people who have watched sports before, like we know <laughs> that this is how this is going to go, right? We know that Patrick Mahomes is down. We saw him limp. It was like, mm, this is this is why Hollywood scriptwriters write movies about these types of situations.
1: Yeah, and it, it's not that it was scripted, but it's just like you've seen that these guys are so elite that they're going to come through. That's they're built differently, and that's just what happened. Mahomes was not going to let them lose, and I think his. Uh, Last couple of years, them coming up short really helped them as well. Like the heartbreak against Cincinnati, blowing the double-digit lead, and then just getting their absolute ass kicked against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I think helped them build uh, what this team was this year. And the other thing about how great Mahomes is, they traded away their best wide receiver in the offseason. They traded Tyreek Hill away because there was some friction issues there with Tyreek at the end. Kansas City, though, good organization, kept it in-house. It didn't become a big drama thing, kind of like what would happen like if it happened in Las Vegas. it just All your dirty laundry gets spilled out or in Dallas or some uh, dysfunctional organization. So Kansas City says, hey, man, thank you for all you've done. Move on. We'll be fine just without you. We'll revamp our offense. We'll be more underneath stuff, dink and dunk, beat you uh, with patience. And Mahomes, I think he's getting better and better and better. He's not just relying on the long ball to Tyreek Hill anymore. He's playing quarterback even more now, uh, finding Kelsey, finding those receivers underneath, dumping it off the backs. Uh, They're running the ball more with uh, Pacheco as well, so – He's getting even better, which is a scary thought at 27 years old.
0: Well, and that was going to be my point, too, as as far as the, they have a run game. They have a run game. I know Clyde Edwards-Alaire was supposed to be that guy, and, and he was in spurts, but he wasn't necessarily the solid guy. Pacheco, man, 15 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. He was averaging 5.1 yards a carry. And when, I mean, I saw a lot of gifs and a lot of memes out there uh, on Twitter when they were, you know, showing, like, Mack trucks bowling over people and, you know hurricanes or whatever or like all whatever you could could use to show Pacheco pushing forward uh in yeah. in yeah that was that was him man he was a wrecking ball literally you gave him the ball and he wasn't stopping at first contact that dude barreled through so many defenders on so many carries it was just impressive and you know Mahomes didn't have to do it all 21 to 27 182 still had three touchdown passes but You know, he didn't have to to throw the ball deep, like you said. It was just a matter of him finding Kelsey enough times. Pacheco was short fields, you know, and and Juju Smith-Schuster heating up in the second half. Like, that's what really did it for these guys. And, you know, they they luckily suffered through a a Butker missed field goal early, but, you know, bounced back from it.
1: Well, and it goes back to kind of what we talked about with – why Buffalo's not able to take the next step. They can't run the football. These good elite teams have got to be able to run the football as good as your quarterback. You can't throw the ball 60 times and win. So uh, defense made big stops. And how about the Chiefs offensive line, too, in this game? No sacks. I mean, as good as Eagle. I mean, you saw firsthand as a Niners fan. Like, yes, that game was kind of gets a little bit of an asterisk in terms of, like, they had no chance once those quarterbacks were out. But those quarterbacks were out because of, Philly defensive line completely bothered the San Francisco offensive line right from the get-go.
0: Hey, I had Hassan Redick as the first sack of the entire game, and, and neither team got to the quarterback. To, I'm, I, I think there was one sack. Hold on, there was one sack, right? Because they credited uh, somebody with a sack on the Chiefs of uh, Jalen Hurts, but that's just because he ran out of bounds, which actually I don't see an official sack, so they didn't give him a sack. Um, hold on, that's the Eagles uh chiefs let's see who got the sack i'm sorry uh yeah leo leo chanel got the sack oh and then uh, kayla uh kaylin saunders got another sack so yeah twice two sacks for the the chiefs on jalen hurts but uh nobody got to to patrick mahomes you're absolutely right it hassan reddick did they say his name at all
1: no he didn't do anything you know the eagles did a lot of chirping all week too so uh Talking about this is one of the greatest defenses of all time. The defense got got, especially that second half. They got their ass kicked. Uh, they couldn't couldn't guard Travis Kelsey. They didn't make any adjustments either. And then, uh, yeah, couldn't get off the field as, as well down the stretch.
0: Yep. I mean, Philly had a 17-point second quarter, but Kansas City had a 17-point fourth quarter, which is exactly when it all mattered the most. I wasn't too worried about the end either, where uh, Butker went up for that kick. (laughs) I don't think I was all that scared and nervous because that was a shorter one than what he attempted before. That's for sure.
1: Great uh, clock management as well down the stretch by um, Kansas City. Find a way to not give Philly the ball back, except with what three seconds. Where I think what happened on that last play, I think Hertz slipped.
0: Yeah, I saw. Well, then that was another thing too. There's a lot of people that are going to be. Uh, chiming in about that field. They already are chiming in about that field, about how slippery it was. And yeah, absolutely. He he slipped. I mean, that's, you could go back and look, didn't matter what kind of cleats they were putting on, they were slipping
1: all over the place. Which is crazy because they spent $800,000 growing that turf all for nothing. Cause that field was shit like coming down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, guys were slipping left and right, both teams. So yeah, no, uh, disappointing on the NFL side of things. Cause you I mean you invest all that money in um, a turf, and then the product did not give back.
0: Tell you what, you give me $800,000, I'll spray paint moss. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I'll, you know, I'll pocket the $799,090. Yeah,
1: right. Rich people, rich, uh, rich organizations <laughs> don't always spend their money the best possible way, so uh, don't don't seek their advice on budgeting every time.
0: Yeah, they're like, we'll give you $800,000. We'll figure out how to spend... Uh. What fifteen dollars of that, and we'll pocket the rest.
1: You no know, doubt. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, but look, so and to me, one of the bigger things too, and I know we've been sitting here praising Trav or Patrick Mahomes, and like people are gonna completely say, "Oh, you guys can pretty much stop talking about Patrick Mahomes." That's fine. But look, he carried the ball six times for forty-four yards. That to me was the icing on the cake because he broke out a couple of those times. And and that was the difference, right? I mean, him being able to pick up a first down with his legs, a big chunk of yards with his legs, that's what I think really sealed the deal for the Chiefs as they knew that Patrick Mahomes was feeling good enough to take off and pick up those yards that they needed with his legs.
1: Yeah, if you're upset that we're touting Mahomes, uh, you're obviously just a bitter Philly fan because that guy deserves every single praise. He was, did this on one ankle, by the way, in case people forgot. So... Yeah, I mean, the, the big uh, the big run right before the two-minute warning kind of was the sealer. Once they got into field goal range and they were able to milk that clock, unbelievable. Guy, t- guys, unbelievable. I just keep saying it. Like, I keep coming back. The guy's unreal.
0: I mean, it's true. I mean, Travis Kelsey, he was the leading receiver. Six catches, 81 yards. Yep. Justin Watson with a couple of catches for 18 yards. Jarek McKinnon. Added in there, three catches, 15 yards. Noah Gray, Kadarius Toney had that touchdown. Sky Moore had that touchdown. Um, just great stuff up and down the line for the Chiefs. Let's give some props to the Eagles, as much as people don't want to. Jalen Hurts, man, that dude is the real deal, too. I am not going to take away anything that he did in this game. 27 of 38, 304 yards, and a passing touchdown, but the dude did it all. Literally three rushing touchdowns on his own. The first of which kind of made me mad because I had a prop where the first uh, (laughs) score would be over 11 and a half. So Gainwell got in. I was like, ah, wait. He was down at the one-inch line. Son of a, here comes Jalen Hurts, jersey number one,
1: stealing that prop away. Well, especially with that wedge play that they run, that's automatic. The quarterback sneaks. I mean, they, they get that every single time. Um, another thing was, uh, Hertz played great. That fumble, that fumble really hurt. I thought, I thought that they were up 14 seven. That was his one blemish on, on the card, but I mean, overall good night for Jalen Hurts who he, he played, he played his tail off, competed, uh, kind of, kind of what he was all year, man. He, uh, he just made the plays for this Philadelphia Eagles team when they needed to, um, orchestrated that big drive that tied it up 35 all coming down the stretch, so, yeah, I mean, Philly or the future is bright in Philly, obviously. Uh, the, obviously, they got some contract issues that they need to solve in the offseason, and they are getting a little older on the lines. I don't know if Kelsey will retire or not, so we'll see. They need a run game.
0: They need a run game. Miles Sanders, 7 carries, 16 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, 7 for 21. Boston Scott, 3 for 8. But Jalen Hurts, 15 for 70. I mean, we just heaped a ton of praise on Patrick Mahomes for, for carrying the ball for 40-some-odd yards. But Jalen Hurts, 15 carries, 70 yards. Stop me if you've heard this one before on this show, but you can't be everything as the quarterback in your team expected to win these games. I mean, you have to help them out with a running game. Devontae Smith, 7 catches, 100 yards. A.J. Brown, 6 catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Goddard, 6 catches for 60 Gainwell uh, helped out with four catches at 20 yards. Zach Pascal, two catches for 11 yards. Boston Scott, Quez Watkins, both with a catch here as well. You know, again, this is all... There are so many weapons on this team. It just comes down to you have to have somebody that can carry the ball. A little more clock, grinding a little more time of possession other than Jalen Hurts carrying it 15 times, then I think you got this. But, yeah, it just... Didn't help to hand the ball off to Miles Sanders and get two yards. Just didn't.
1: Yeah, no, I and they had been running the ball for the most part all year, but they I, I feel like I feel like they got away from the running game too a little much down the stretch. I mean they had a eight point or a uh ten point lead at half. I thought they should have leaned more heavily on the running game, but they kind of got a little pass happy. Sometimes we see that in these big games. So um, they needed to bleed even more clock so that Mahomes wouldn't get the ball uh, a couple more times.
0: Well, that's, that's a lesson that many, many, many teams have learned, and unfortunately the Eagles are just another in that long line of do not give Mahomes even a second on the clock or else you're going to pay for it. So, I mean, it was the biggest game of the season, obviously, uh, as being the Super Bowl, but I just feel like this was... One of the more competitive matchups we've seen in a very long time. These were very well-matched teams. They were pound for pound, uh, each other's equals. And it was just a, a gigantic slugfest that, like I said, we'll be watching the, the remnants of this for years to come. And and again, Jalen Hurts is not going anywhere. I mean, this dude, for everything that I didn't think he was a couple of seasons ago, I'm, I'm ready to eat every bit of crow uh, that I can because he is absolutely that quarterback. So if he gets a couple more weapons around him on the ground game, uh, this Eagles team is going to be just about as scary as the Chiefs team for a very, very long time. So um, any final takeaways from this game, Ryan, as we start to to put a bow on the final season, uh, over the final game of the season?
1: The fact that Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football, no doubt. Andy Reid is probably the best coach in football, and they're about a championship away from being able to be considered a dynasty. So I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but overall, unbelievable year for Mahomes. Once again, he won the regular season MVP, the Super Bowl MVP. After giving away their best toy in Tyreek Hill, he got better and better, and just a historic year, historic five-year run for Patrick Mahomes. Just hope he could stay healthy so we could see what he can do over the next, what, 10, 15 years. Think about
0: the both of these teams, though. Think about where they're at as far as these guys coming back. I mean, obviously, we know how Mahomes is going to be. Pacheco coming back because he's a rookie. Um, you know, you've got Kelsey, who's probably never going anywhere in his entire career. I think he's going to stay a chief until he retires. Um, you know, you've got the probably most of the offensive line locked down. You get you get Mahomes, another good receiver. Whew! Watch out, Justin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Justin Fields. <laughs> Jay J- Mark's trolling in the chat. <laughs> Justin Fields is not the best player in football. And neither is Heineke. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. I
0: mean, listen. I know the XFL is about to start, but we're uh, we're good there. So no. And listen, for me, I I my, like I said, my takeaway is is simply I just can't believe that both of these teams. You know, Jalen Hurts is going to stay a Philadelphia Eagle for a long time if Philly can help it. Uh, A.J. Brown probably going to stick around some. Devonta Smith obviously going to stick around. Like, again, you just get them, a, like J Mark had said earlier, a Josh Jacobs or something to that effect,
1: uh, yeah. a guy
0: that can pound it uh, every single down. Yeah, absolutely. That improves that offense a hundredfold. That defense is still legit. So, yeah, I mean, these both of these teams should be primed for another deep, deep, deep run next season so it's been fun to watch i'll tell you that much
1: no doubt and looking forward to hey august will be here before we know it again i mean we're only six they keep lengthening the season out so that means football people are uh guys reporting for otas and uh training camp will be here before we know it and we'll have all the coverage but hey we we got some fun uh season stuff coming up as well with free agency and the draft as well
0: oh yeah the news cycle never stops and of course as, as most of you guys know, and this is the NFL Gambling Podcast, but football season does not end for those of us DJs who continue down the rabbit hole. Uh, and be sure to check out some of the shows, other shows on the network. We have the XFL Gambling Podcast. We've got the Alt Sports Fantasy uh, Podcast that'll be covering USFL, XFL, um, Indoor Football League, which I think is coming up soon as well. So there's a lot to be had and a lot of gambling fun to be had still in football if you're looking for it. Uh, but of course, this will end up wrapping up the NFL portion of our coverage. For now, like I said, keep an eye on the feed. We'll we'll continue to come back. Uh, But there was awards that were handed out, and after the break, we'll start talking about some of those awards and wrapping up the awards season. We'll talk about whether we think these people deserve to get those awards, because who am I, right? (laughs) I'm some dude on a mic. Like, it really matters what I think. Uh, But, you know, you guys care, so we'll talk about it after the break. (laughs) But first... Let's tell you about, if I can pull that up, I can. Winbet, it's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet is active in a bunch of states and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and of course, same game parlays, which is also known as the WinBets Build Your Own Bet. You get great promos, odds, and payouts are all happening right now at Winbet. I know you're ready to play, so sign up today. Get a special offer, bet $100, get $100 limited to state availability, and of course, if you hit the biggest long, sharp parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. Who doesn't want that? so much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older or present. Let's get where we'll playthrough. through Winbet is available. If you or somebody know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, as we said, awards were handed out at the end of this season, uh, and it didn't take very long either. They were very quick with these things. Um, Of course, as we know, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl MVP, but he also won the league MVP. I don't know know how much more we can heap on Patrick Mahomes, but definitely well-deserved.
1: Yeah, historic year. We already touched on some of his accolades. I I thought uh, Hurts would have had a shot if he had stayed healthy, but that's part of the NFL, especially with the running quarterback, is you're going to get some injuries. But Patrick Mahomes, I don't think it's much of a debate in terms of regular season. Had another unbelievable year throwing for what was it in the end? Over 5,000 yards, he led the NFL. 41 touchdowns led the NFL. Uh, He did have 12 interceptions, which is a little higher than – I thought initially when looking back on it, but hey, another historic year for Patty Mahomes. Career highs in both those categories. Oh, sorry, he had fifty the one year, but uh, more yardage than he ever has had. So yes, well deserved, Patrick Mahomes once again another award.
0: There was a point in the season for the Chiefs though that it looked kind of dicey, and it was a matter of you know we thought, oh man, these guys kind of look like they may not, uh, they may not be what we thought they were going to be, especially in the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. And then something just flipped. And, and a lot of that did have to do with Mahomes and him just kind of muscling up to the, to the, just to the mic and, and stepping out there. So I don't know. And it wasn't as if they were losing too, and that was the thing. They were winning, but people were like, meh, you know, they, they won by three against the Chargers. Um, it was just a, a sloppy game overall. They lost to the Colts, and that was when people were like, oh my God, the roof is burning. Right, And then they lost to Buffalo and they thought, ah, we're, we're not going to happen. But
1: we know what I happened. I thought they got right in the game in San Fran. Yeah, I think that game in San Fran when they blew them out in the second half really started their run. Because, I mean, from there they won every game but the Cincinnati game, which they were right there and got their vengeance last or two weeks ago. So I thought it was your the, against your Niners when they really started uh, forming into shape.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate it for my Niners, but yeah, that was definitely the turnaround point for... Speaking of that, the Niners, Nick Bosa walking away with Defensive Player of the Year. Cannot even argue with that. Led the league with 18.5 sacks. Like, the dude, rookie of the year, 2019. So, there's just no question that Nick Bosa absolutely owned that position, owned the San Francisco 49ers defense, and basically should have won this without even question.
1: Yeah, and this is on top of 15 and a half sacks last year. So, big time year from Bosa. Uh, uh, he obviously he had the hiccup in his second year when he tore his ACL unfortunately, but you guys have hit on that draft pick. I mean, he's he's a beast.
0: Dude, I, I I to be honest with you, like when we picked him, I was excited, but I didn't realize how excited it was going to uh, how exciting it was going to be once it's that physical, dude took man. the field. Yeah. Just I mean, he dominates. There's just no even when you watch on plays where he doesn't get to the quarterback, like, you watch the effort it takes the defender to to handle him. I mean, the, off- the offensive lineman to, to handle him at all. It's just amazing to me how these guys don't get worn down by the end of that game enough for Bosa to just sort of sidestep them and, and, and hit the quarterback every single play.
1: No doubt. Yeah, he's unblockable.
0: All right, let's move on to the offensive player of the year, Belongs to Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. So Jefferson basically was crazy. 128 catches, 1,809 yards, eight touchdowns. I mean, here's the thing about Justin Jefferson, right? We've talked about that guy's talent for years. And Kirk Cousins, it's not like Kirk Cousins is hurting him because obviously he's putting up all of these, these numbers year after year. I just feel like if he was on, let's say, a Kansas City Chiefs, like what kind of damage he would do to defenses with Patrick Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins?
1: Yeah, and I thought that Kevin O'Connell in year number one, I actually gave this out in the preseason, so I hit on this prop. Uh, I think it was, I want to say it was like seven to one, eight to one, maybe. So I, I thought that O'Connell would get extra creative, kind of like how he used Cooper Cup in L.A. Do the same thing with Jefferson, and he did. He moved them all around the field. Jefferson was was that team that's why they were able to win what was it 12 12 games 12 and 5 and have that heroic season in uh, Minnesota obviously they got nothing to show for it unfortunately because they always choke but yeah great year for Justin Jefferson and uh, hey I, he's only 24 years old believe it or not so a, a lot of good years ahead
0: yeah there's a lot of folks that are ready for him to retire the gritty already so I think he's looking yeah. for a new dance for next season uh, at, yep. When he gets into the end zone, but yeah, I mean, again, as, as far as fantasy football is concerned, that's that's a no brainer first round uh, draft pick, and and for me, maybe even my first pick uh, overall if I'm if I'm really getting crazy with it, because you know in a PPR in in whatever you just you can bank on his production versus some of these other guys, which you know Justin Jefferson year in year out, count on him to get thousand yards, count on him to get all kinds of catches and just be a, a, a fantastic player overall. So. Well-deserving of that award. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year goes to Garrett Wilson of the New York Football Jets. Uh, you know, Wilson took home the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He caught 83 passes, 1,100 yards as a rookie on the Jets. I mean, that that almost is almost MVP-type numbers for a guy on the Jets, right?
1: Yeah, I, and I think uh, Kenny Pickett would have had a chance to win this if he had played from the get-go, but obviously wasn't. I think you could make an argument for Kenneth Walker as well um, out there in Seattle. So I probably actually would have leaned Kenneth Walker, especially with this team making the playoffs in the year kind of year he had. Um, I mean, he was awesome for for that uh, Seattle Seahawks team. He finished, he finished the year I'm pulling up his stats, a thousand-yard rusher, uh, 10 touchdowns, and, and really was the horse down the stretch for uh, the Seattle Seahawks
0: yeah it is a little surprising though too that he didn't get uh he didn't get the award given that he did more I think with the team. I mean the jets they were horrible, but like Seattle was a yeah. little bit of a surprise anyways so um he was part of probably a better overall team obviously than the jets so
1: yeah yeah, three straight games of fantasy year in over a 100 yards so really including the big jets game where he had over 20 carries for over 130 yards on six carries.
0: Yeah, I, again, it's just, this. I, I try to tell my daughter, who's, who's a saxophone player, the arts and some of these, other, it's all subjective. You know, when you're voting on somebody, <laughs> it's all subjective. Like, it doesn't,
1: no pe- doubt. people
0: all have yep. their opinions. So, um, all right, let's talk about the defensive rookie of the year. From the same team, it is Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback out there for the Jets. I, I don't know if this was any sort of uh, question, but it's funny to me that as bad as the Jets were, they have two of the league's uh, honorees.
1: This was an easy one, I thought. I thought Sauce was awesome. I Aiden Hutchinson, you can make the case, in Detroit was awesome. But I thought Sauce, immediate impact, was great in the marquee games. Buffalo, Miami comes to mind. So, yeah, I think Sauce, rightfully so, deserved this award.
0: Indeed. Again, it was just on a bad team. It's, it's hard to stand out sometimes, but when you're that good, the talent shines, and that's what happened with both of these guys. Uh, we talked about the Seattle Seahawks earlier. They housed the comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. You talk about a guy walking into a situation of a thankless situation already, right, where uh, the, the legendary Russell Wilson departs, and here's Geno Smith, who has seen his fair share of action all over the league and finds himself... A home. (laughs) I think Seattle fans absolutely love the fact that he was able to throw for 4,282 yards in a season. Set the Seahawks record right after the guy that was supposed to lead them to the promised land time and time again leaves the building. I feel good for Geno Smith. I'm still not like going to buy his jersey, but at the very least, I'm happy with this story.
1: Yeah, and as a Mountaineer, I love this, so this is great. It, it, you know, we give up on these young quarterbacks so quickly, and to see a guy that kind of was given up for a shitty situation with the Jets and to bounce back the way he did, it, it, it's a good story. Sometimes it takes six, seven years to figure out defenses in the NFL. Uh, these coaches are so good. These athletes are so athletic and strong and fast, so Gino, I mean – I think this was a no-doubter, like you said, 4,200 yards and 30 touchdowns. Heroic year. Definitely outplayed Russell Wilson, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, what's going to be incredible, or if he does it again next season, and that's really what we'll see. I mean, is he even going to be yeah. in Seattle next season? That's the question. He's going to
1: get paid. That's regardless. He's gonna, Somebody's going to pick him up for a year or two. He's earned that right.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Is it going to be Seattle? Yeah. Are they going to draft somebody? let Geno sort of do one more year and then kind of breed that next person underneath them? Who knows? So, uh, all right, let's move on to coach of the year. It's Brian Dayball of the New York Giants. Uh, and and look, New York Giants fans know that they didn't have a lot to cheer for for a few years here. And and this season, I think they started to make them believe. And that was all their coaches doing, being able to, to sort of rally what was there. Because it wasn't as if they had, like, you know, exceedingly spectacular talent. It wasn't like they were loaded like the Eagles or the Chiefs. I mean, they still had Daniel Jones. They had Saquon Barkley. Like, they were dealing with, with a, a very thin margin of, uh, I guess, level of, of um, talent when it comes to the top teams. And they were able to hang more often than not. You know, with a 9-7-1 and record this season, that's more wins than I gave them. So what do I know?
1: I thought he did a great job. I really did. They won a playoff game, overachieved completely. But I disagreed with this one. I thought Doug Peterson should have got it. He, the situation he took over in Jacksonville, coming off the Urban Meyer dumpster fire, not only to start two and six and rally that team to go nine or two and seven to rally that team to go nine and eight, win the division, win a playoff game. And all of a sudden, I looked at the Vegas odds. The Jaguars are a top eight team in the Super Bowl odds next year. So we've gone from the Jags being the biggest joke in the NFL to all of a sudden being a sneaky contender, maybe. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible.
0: <laughs> I mean, I knew they were going to take a jump, but that's that's crazy. Top eight. I mean, I like it, but yeah. still, that's, I that's think, pretty
1: nice. I think there's a lot of respect for Jacksonville, not only because Trevor Lawrence took that next step, but, I mean, you got, you got a real adult in the room now uh, coaching the team and Doug Peterson. He's been there, done it. Yeah,
0: and I do like what he did with the team, obviously. you settled them down and took them from absolute cellar dwellers to, hey, we think we have a chance next year if we just do yep. what we did this year and do a little better. Um, so, yeah, I love it as well. Uh, all right, let's move on to the assistant coach of the year. Gonna hate to watch this guy walk out the door. That's D'Amico Ryans of the San Francisco 49ers, the defensive coordinator, who is now uh he's going to Houston, unfortunately. Houston. Yep. Yep. We're watching him walk out the door, go take over the Houston Texans. I don't know. I mean, I, I you hate to see a guy go, but you also are excited about the possibilities of his you know, Sala was another guy that we hated to see go, but that gave us D'Amico Ryans, so who knows? <laughs> what we're in store for next year uh, i'm i'm excited for that but good on him obviously you saw what he did with the the niners defense that was one of the top defensive units in the league all season long everybody feared them and and was one of the main reasons we were able to get as far as as we were as, as san francisco 49er fans
1: no doubt you had the best defensive football it, it... I don't think it was even that close. It dominated completely from about, what, week eight on. I mean, they were good early, but got really, really good down the stretch. And you know what? This is what it's all about. You do your job. You do it at a high level. You get promoted, and you get a five-year deal. So D'Amico Ryan, he's got, he's got his work cut out for him, but he got a long-term deal in Houston, and hopefully he can get a quarterback in there. And I, Houston, I think Houston could do what Jacksonville is doing right now. I think if they can get the right quarterback in place, I like to make Ryan seems like a player's coach. So hopefully he can, uh, yeah, things can slowly start turning in the right direction with all that draft capital they got in the Deshaun Watson trade.
0: Well, and if he can build around the defense, right? I mean, that's obviously yep. a strong suit. So build around a defense and then you kind of don't need, as we proved this last season, you don't need the marquee name at quarterback in order to get it done. You can have Mr. Irrelevant and still win yep. football games. So I like that. And then, of course, last but not least, the Walter Payton Man of the Year award goes to Dak Prescott, who promptly gets booed by every single Eagles fan in the entire stadium in Arizona (laughs) and probably the whole state of Arizona at the time. Um, I'm not going to comment on that. Suffice it to say, you know, look, the guy's doing something good. (laughs)
1: Like, you could. Dak's a great guy. Like, but (laughs) you don't pay good guys that amount of money to not produce. So it like, I don't know if I'm Dak. I'm like, man, I really did not want that award this year because it's kind of like insult to injury. Like, Hey, yeah, we know he and nobody's ever questioned Dak Prescott's character. He's obviously a good guy, likable teammate, but he can't get it done in crunch time. And I know we're, we're breaking down Dak choking against the Niners, even though this is a, uh, been a good citizen award basically. And, good off the field with the community and stuff like that. So yeah, I thought it was hilarious that they booed him. It, it's classic Philly. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, and it really is too. I mean, it's I, yeah. everybody that was getting irate over it on, on Twitter uh, or on social media. It's like, it. shut up. Just <laughs> you, you are, you know, what's happening.
1: It's not, it's, this is not a secret, right? It's not Even like the Dak thought it was funny. Yeah,
0: I, he was, he was laughing the whole time. Cause why not? Right. I mean, he knows, yeah. he knows his situation. He doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, listen, that wraps it up, man. That is that is the 2022 NFL season. We have had so much fun covering all of this and breaking down and doing the recaps. I know, uh, Ryan, you had a bigger hand in what was going on as far as uh, the offseason, or not the offseason, but the, the weekly stuff. You were breaking down games, but I've had a blast, man, coming back on Monday and talking all about it with you.
1: Yeah, and uh stay tuned for the schedule. We're not we're not going anywhere. This was just year one of many to come. So glad we got this off uh off the ground and we're just gonna build this thing up just like many other channels. And Moon Off is is putting together and others behind the scenes a schedule for the off season. So we'll be active. We'll we'll be around and uh actually Jay Mark and I are coming to everybody live later in the week to talk future Super Bowl odds next year. So yeah. We're not going anywhere, man.
0: Hell yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Part of the fun of this was actually the look-aheads as well. I very much had fun doing the couple of week look-aheads and, and how much we actually nailed uh, some of that value. We're only honing that to get better next season. So keep yep. in, keep in uh, lock here, and we'll keep you posted on some of the better odds coming out soon. All right. Well, before I I lather I blather on about anything else, let's wrap this up and uh, and say goodbye for the 2022 season. And next time, we'll talk... We'll be talking 2023 NFL season. Ryan, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media?
1: Uh, Yep, Twitter, at Moneyline underscore Mac in the Discord as well, and you can find me on, hey, football's over for the game purposes if you're looking for another sport to pick up and bet. Hey, college basketball March Madness is right around the corner, so go check us out every single night on the college basketball experience. Do
0: that. If you can't get enough of Ryan, if you're a Ryan groupie like I am, Hang around the college basketball scene. Follow me on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. There is a link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it is in between media. If you're looking for another sport to bet on, NASCAR starts right now soon, 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 soon. The Daytona 500 kicks off uh, on this Sunday. So another sport for you to go. Go listen to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast with me and Cody Zeeb. Keep up on us there. But until next time, everybody. Have some fun out there. Enjoy your off season and let it ride.